your head with hair Long, beautiful hair Shining, gleaming, streaming, flaxing, waxing We interrupt our program to bring you this important message Chucky, wanna play? You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. Be afraid. No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Ghouls and gore. And sometimes a little more. My bloody podcast. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of My Bloody Podcast, episode 97. I'm Brian Kluger. We have a fantastic show today. I'm joined by the host with the most, the sculpt, the mold of horror godlike creation in the universe, Preston Barta. He is waxing oh so fine. What's up? (laughs) We're, we've been separated at the head. We're like Greg Kinnear and Matt Damon from Stuck on You. Which, oh my goodness, that should be in my bloody podcast episode because that is a terrifying movie. <laughs> Isn't that a Fairly Brothers movie? Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, Fairly Brothers. All I remember movie. is Matt Damon wearing a lot of polo shirts and then Greg yes. Kinnear having like like, uh, I don't know, beautiful feathered hair in a Blades of Glory kind of way. No, it's good. I remember that movie. I haven't seen that in forever. We're going to get to that. But My Bloody Podcast, episode 97. We're on iTunes and Spotify and Amazon. Look us up, My Bloody Podcast. Fantastic show today, folks. 97, We're gonna, our main event is The House of Wax, the 2005 version. You know that version with the stars of Gilmore Girls and Paris Hilton. <laughs> yes, the that film. We're going to be talking about that today because we revisited it. It's out on Scream Factory. We're going to get to a bloody question, a bloody tune, those bloody recommendations. But first, some bloody news. We got to get into the bloody news a little bit. First off on the docket, brand new trailer for Malignant, the new James Wan movie. James Wan, of course, brought us Saw, The Conjuring. Um, what's the other one? The other franchise? Insidious. I was thinking Incarnate, but yes, Insidious, amongst others. Uh, James Wan has been focused on superhero movies in the DC realm recently, but now he's returned to horror with a movie called Malignant. The trailer came out for it. As this two and a half minute trailer progressed, at first, I thought, okay, same shit, different day. But as it progressed, I was like, holy shit, this movie looks scary. Oh, it's scary as fuck. This looks good. I'm in. Malignant James Wan. I'm excited. Check out that trailer. But first, Preston, did you watch the trailer? Did you like it? Do you want to see it? Yeah, I, do. I definitely want to see it. Uh, I think it looks great. Um, I watched quite a few trailers that day, so I may confuse like some of the story beats with uh, Neil Blomkamp's movie that's also coming out this year. Demonic. Yeah. Um, but both of those look interesting to me. I think I'm leaning more towards uh, Malignant just because I trust James Wan more as a horror filmmaker. Um but yeah, it, it seems like it seems fresh, but it also seems familiar. Um, but yeah, there's some good some good imagery in there, and I'm excited for it. 
I, I am too. I'm very excited for that. Malignant, uh, check it out. Pretty creepy trailer. And I'm just happy when the James Wan horror movie comes out because you know, it's going to be good. It's going to be scary. And more often than not, exterior shots of houses. Yes. Uh, and of course, almost every horror movie he makes, there's going to be a franchise afterwards. So we'll in, in see. A one or, in a one shot through a house. Yes, correct. Um, a little bit of news for Preston here, which I think he'll like, but Peter Benchley's novel Jaws is getting a pretty crazy limited edition re-release from Sun Tup Editions in book form. Uh, it's only while supplies last, but it's new cover art. It's a brand new pressing. Uh, it's very limited edition, uh, low print run, and inside is uh, sketches and paintings. Uh, of the book and the from the movie and all sorts of stuff like that. So um, it's something I think uh, Preston would be really into. Again, this is from SunTup Editions. If you act quickly, you can get in on it. I imagine Preston has already either purchased this or going to right now. Uh, yeah, I purchased it. <laughs> did you really? Yeah, I did. <laughs> oh yeah I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about it yeah i've been there's been so much i've been overwhelmed with the amount of jaws material i think fright rags just released their lineup of of clothes and swim shorts and all kinds of stuff and i'm just like a kid in a candy store who doesn't have enough money to buy all of it because on top of that i, sh I shared with you earlier today that jurassic park is doing like a, a, a re release in a line through uh, Reebok that, and they're fantastic shoes. So there's, there's a lot of great um, stuff for fans out there of Spielberg right now, but yeah, that book is at the top for me just cause I'm a, I like, I like, I feel like it's a good piece to, to show off and as well as read uh, to read it as well. So um, yeah, I, I've talked quite a bit about Jaws and I got in the shark discussion does not stop here today. <laughs> it's true moving on uh jordan peele and universal unveiled new poster art for jordan peele's new film of course jordan peele did get out and us great horror film from mainly a comedic actor it's excellent but the movie is just called nope n-o-p-e like nope getting out of here and it uh features kind of like a spielberg-esque town that's uh, can be seen from like a cliff top, like an ET where ET looks down, you see like the lights of a town and then up in the sky is this real ominous looking cloud kind of in the shape of like a, like a spherical or saucer shaped cloud. And then there's like a kite string with flags, uh, you know, flying above it, which, you know, could be a kite or it could be, you know, something from back to the future with the DeLorean having little kite strings on it. Uh, but it looks good. I don't know anything about this movie, but hey, Jordan Peele horror movie, count me in. The poster is amazing because so much poster art these days is truly horrific uh, as far as movie posters go. It's usually just still images of the actors' faces and the title of the movie. This poster doesn't do that. This is just so creepy and cool and fun. I'm into it. Preston, what do you think? Yeah, Jordan Peele's a brand now, so that's that's all he needs to put up there. Uh, but the cast is exciting. The one, the three names that are listed on the on the poster, like Daniel Kaluuya, I'm glad that he's uh, returning 
to uh, work with Jordan Peele. I think they'd make a great duo. So I hope that this is uh, material that's more in line with uh, Get Out. I wasn't the biggest fan of Us, uh, while there was so much to admire and appreciate about it. Um, I, I'm hoping that there's going to be more something, the material will be a little more accessible to me um, um, and not so much stuff dangled out there for me to uh, chew on because I think there's a, a balance to strike with ambiguity and, and, and us didn't quite do it for me in that regard. But uh, I mean, yeah, like I said, cast is great. That imagery is great. Curious uh, if it's going to be like a subtle origin story for Ben Franklin or something. I don't know. No, I don't. I don't know. It's a uh, all the questions, but all the all the happiness and giddiness for this movie. And yeah, is it weird that Jordan Peele is a brand now? Like from only two movies directing and mostly known for Key and Peele. It just. I mean, I don't even think Wes Anderson was a brand after a second movie. <laughs> But Jordan Peele is. It's amazing. Yeah, I feel like Wes Anderson didn't. It didn't quite happen until I guess Royal Tenenbaums, which was his third one. But it was like after the fact, I would say. Um, so yeah, um, maybe just because of his uh, hands on so many things that he's produced lately, like Candyman coming out, new tw the Twilight Zone, things like that. Um, uh, I think did. Did he work on Antlers, which is not even out yet? Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I guess just he's been in the news a lot lately. So uh, of projects that he's been a part of, I hope he sticks with them and, and doesn't end up like a, like Guillermo del Toro, who says that he's going to do so much and then ends up not really doing any of them. Right, uh, right. I, I That's what I hope. But it didn't seem like that's the case yet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, this is exciting. Um, yeah, it's it's cool to not know too much about it and just kind of go off of the image, and we can just speculate until we see a trailer. Oh my god! And let, let's hope that the trailer is literally something like the Shining trailer with like the elevators and blood, and that's all it shows. But maybe this is just like a slowly pan back from the cloud and storm or lightning and you ominous music and like the little kite string flying, and that's all we get. And it just says nope. Or we hear a sound and it just says nope. <laughs> That's all I want until the I audience see it. Going, nope. Nope. Not so yeah that's good uh moving on to maybe some exciting news maybe not so exciting news but it has officially been confirmed by the man himself the Zack Snyder himself that he is going all in on a sequel to Army of the Dead the zombie epic that took place in Vegas that premiered on Netflix a couple months ago. Um, Netflix has signed uh, a deal with Zack Snyder. So Zack Snyder is all in on Netflix. Um, they are doing a prequel to the show, to the movie. They are doing an animated series of the movie. And now it has been confirmed that Zack Snyder will do a sequel to army of the dead so there's going to be lots of zombies in vegas and all around the world in the future uh am i excited for this yeah i like zombie movies i like Zack snyder let's do it let's do this what do you think preston i guess i need to see uh army of the dead oh you haven't seen it yet i still haven't seen it yet oh my goodness I, preston I just, what are I you doing 
Yeah, what am, uh, I, I'm living, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you haven't lived till you see Army of the Dead, man. Yeah, ironic. No. That's um, it. Yeah. Okay. Actually, yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on like a lot? Of, like I don't know, if, like HBO's doing this, but Netflix is doing this, especially with The Witcher, where they're doing like multiple seasons or multiple films but they also like fill in these voids of the story arc with an animated film no i like that it's more content it's more origin story you know like we got sopranos so long ago and now we're getting a prequel film uh showing tony's childhood and rise to power and i just think like that's cool. I would, I mean, if it's done right, like Netflix usually does it right. And HBO 9.8 out of 10 does it right as well. And I'm just excited to see more in these respective universes. Like that's cool with me. I would like to see this. I'd like to see where they take it, different filmmakers take it, or even some of the same crew coming back to explore part of the story because, you know, like The Witcher or like Sopranos or Army of the Dead, there's so much talk and exploration through the use of dialogue of what happened during the zombie apocalypse and Army of the Dead or what happened during Tony's childhood, which is a theme through the whole entire series of The Sopranos of him talking to his therapist about his childhood and dealing with his issues. And I think just seeing that in movie form rather than like you know the five minutes of flashbacks for the series is really cool uh and that's where i stand on that like i am cool with getting animated series prequel movies and stuff like that for these properties now for army of the dead i mean Zack snyder and as you will see when you watch it preston this cool zombie movie there's a lot of really cool elements that Zack took from like uh from the Night of the Living Dead franchise and uh, elements in that universe and other zombie films and put it to use here and even took it further. Uh, and, you know, by the end of the film, it definitely leaves it open for a sequel, of course. So I'm excited that Zack Snyder wants to come back to it because, I mean, he's a pretty big filmmaker. He can do whatever he wants, you know? He can go back to DC. He can go to Marvel if he wants to. He can go anywhere, but I, it's pretty cool that he kind of wants to explore more of the horror universe, which is where he got to start with Dawn of the Dead remake. So I think that's cool. What about you? Do you think the same thing or do you just want like these one-shot movies and just leave it alone for a while? Um, I, well, I don't know. I guess once I see the film, I'll, I'll really let you know. But uh, I mean, I don't mind that uh Snyder's doing that just because uh I, I really don't think his Snyder verse is gonna pan out for him at this point even though he got to do his director's cut of Justice League uh, but doing something like this is not new territory for him I, I mean he did it with uh Watchmen not not the series but the film but doing that that animated film that came along with it um but I I don't really have much I haven't watched too many animated films that are t like the Matrix ones or Mortal Kombat. Um, I haven't done any of that, uh, but that I, I like that. Uh, like even a uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, like they had uh, the the movie, of course, but then they had a bunch of a series of shorts that they would release, and I think that's cool. I think what that goes along with what you were saying that they're putting out more content because it's such a fascinating world. 
um, that you can like uh, open it up a little bit more and look at it from different angles. And so, yeah, I, I respect that from a storytelling standpoint, but I, uh, uh, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll check back in after I uh, make the plunge. Take you the need plunge. to watch it, Preston, because it's probably the best uh, scenario that I've seen ever in a zombie movie of how the zombie outbreak happens. It's truly Zack Snyder hilarity. All right. Uh, I think you'll like it. Um, let's move on to a little bit of uh, home video Blu-ray 4K news. It was released uh, that The Silence of the Lambs is again getting a 4K Blu-ray release. Well, I guess this time first in 4K uh, from Kino Lorber Studio Classics. Amazingly enough, the 30th anniversary 4K edition will be released October 19th. It was only several months ago Criterion re-released their Silence of the Lambs Criterion Collection on Blu-ray, which is amazing. And of course, the film has been released several other times before then. But this is going to be a two-disc set from Kino Lober. It's going to have HDR. It's going to have Dolby Vision. It's going to have a brand new audio commentary by film historian Tim Lucas. It's going to have different audio tracks. No Dolby Atmos, unfortunately. But there's, uh, again, there's going to be the new audio commentary and then uh most uh of the previous bonus features uh from the past releases on this not cri and, criterion related yeah not the criterion ones but prior to that those so i think kino lober is you know they kino lober is known for releasing classic movies movies that people have never really heard of uh, and bringing them to the limelight. But however, recently over the last year or two, they've really been outdoing themselves with releasing stuff like Spaceballs in 4K and Mad Max and now Science of the Lamb. So I think that's cool. I'm Clint Eastwood movies. Yes, yes. They no, they they have an impressive catalog and they're super nice. They 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 know what they're doing. And you know, it's 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 bittersweet, but it's just more sweet just because like, damn it, I've owned this movie so many times. Am I going to have to buy it again? Yes, I'm going to have to buy it again because I want the 4K. Do I want to watch the Criterion all the time? Because I still have my Criterion out of print DVD version of this as well as the Blu-ray. But yeah, no, I'm excited for this 4K. This going to be cool, right? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Kino's got quite a bit. I mean, they, you, you mentioned Silence. Uh, they got Misery. Uh, yes that up after scream factory released theirs a couple of years ago so that's going to be coming out on october 12th silence and lambs comes out on the 19th so their their uh halloween time lineup is pretty great uh october 5th uh they're doing the the night stalker um and a couple other like fun looking ones uh like the victim yes um scream pretty peggy uh, with Betty Davis, uh, so yeah, they're they're there's they got an exciting lineup. Uh, I mean, they they got to compete a little bit with whatever. Uh, oh, uh, body invasion of the body snatchers. They're doing the '78 version, so uh, that uh, picking that up also from Screen Factory. So um, yeah, I, I'm excited about all these 4Ks. Uh, it's been it's been just enough time. Uh, maybe not so much from the space between Screen Factory for. I guess it's been two years since then. From what? Um, uh, since uh, Criterion's uh, Silence of the Lambs, but 
uh, yeah, everything. I, I want to see more stuff in 4K, and, I, and I'm I'm excited excited that we're getting a lot of these kinds of releases over some of the major stuff. Uh, right. Funny to say, like you know, we got rad before so many other things on 4K. No, it doesn't make sense, but it's it's because the studios. I mean, you could probably buy the rights to in 4K to rad for way cheaper than you can, you know the sure. rock you know or the abyss or whatever and uh no i like that they're doing that um so yeah no go kino lober uh pre-order your um sign to the lambs 4ks today it's gonna be awesome uh use that uh hopefully the 4k transfer is gonna be awesome yeah. moving on with more blu-rays and 4k still i recommend the blue underground uh dead and buried if you can mm -hmm. find it it's amazing uh, the 4K transfer, the Dol the Dolby Admis track, man, it is just like insanely good. Uh, it looks amazing. And there's like so many brand new bonus features and vintage bonus features on this. It comes with the soundtrack, a booklet, the Blu-ray and the 4K. Highly recommend Must Own Dead and Buried. Um, also from Vestron Video and Lionsgate, The Wraith. This movie is nutso. Um, if you want to know where Randy Quaid and uh, Charlie Sheen went nuts. It's this movie. <laughs> it's basically about a dude who races a gang that kills him. And then somehow he comes back to life from like supernatural aliens and gets revenge. And it's just ridiculous, but a lot of fun. And yeah. it's, yeah, Charlie Sheen and Randy Quaid in their prime along with an amazing Clint Howard. Uh, no, this movie's... Uh, this movie's nuts <laughs> and it's a lot of fun. It looks great. There's some cool bonus features on this Vestron video. You're doing good work and it's actually pretty cheap online right now. It's like 10 bucks. Um, and it came out, you know, a week or so ago, or it hasn't come out yet. I'm not sure, but the Wraith do I think, it. Uh, it came out the 20th. So two days out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. The Wraith. Um, also from Lionsgate, uh, the walking dead 10th season, um, guys, I really stopped watching Walking Dead in eighth season until these Blu-rays come out. I was watching them every week and man, it just got so terrible. So I'm excited <laughs> to watch season 10 right now, but if you're still, uh, um, into the Walking Dead, this is probably for you, but you can tell, you know, the studio is not really having their time because beforehand, when Walking Dead was really popular, they were releasing these collector sets that were like molded after zombies and all stuff. And they'd have tons of bonus features. But in this 10th season, only a couple audio commentaries in an in memoriam section for people who have died in as characters in this, the show. So 10th season, as you can tell, it's basically Michonne, Carol and Daryl. That's what it is. Um, also, Quiet Place 2 on 4K. Fantastic stuff here. Love the movie. Uh, the audio is amazing. The video is amazing in 4K. And there's some pretty cool bonus features on this as well, um, including director diaries with John Krasinski as the director. That is where I'm at for 4K and Blu-ray. Preston, do you have a couple to mention? Yes, I got a two from Arrow on hand at the moment. Uh, one is the the bird, Chris, uh, the bird with her. They always make, they, they do it so confusingly. So if you didn't know the title, you would be uh, the bird uh, with the crystal plumage. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Dario uh, 
Argento's um, film. Um, I I could just do a whole big special, and this is something that I've discussed before on the types of movies that uh, Arrow puts out, but the packaging alone is just always so incredible. It's like shelf jewelry at, at, at its finest. Can we um, just say that Arrow is the best at home video right now? Like they're the number one. Yeah, them. I would say them and Vinegar Syndrome put out like the best packaging. Uh, I love collecting. Like I have a really immaculate collection of these like TV movies called Televised Terror from Vinegar Syndrome. Have you have you heard of any of these? Let me grab it real quick. Actually, That's what she said. <laughs> the. the uh, not to, I'll, I'll get back to Dario Argento, but this, this is Vinegar Syndrome. So televised terror. There's a very young Elijah Wood right there. And <laughs> there's two of these movies have Tom Skerritt in it. And um, there, there are you alone in the house? Are you in the house alone? So, you know, there you go. Your little uh, knockoff of, uh, what's that movie? Uh are you home alone? Yeah. I'm watching you. Let's see. Calendar Girl. So that that's uh, pretty much like if Tom Skerritt was like a sleazy uh, calendar of like nudie girls or. Uh, <laughs> the Calendar Girl murders. I, could, so I mean, one by one, they, they start to get picked off and you got to find out why. So that's fun. And then you got a very young Elijah Wood in here. Child of the Night, which. I hope Elijah Wood signed off on that artwork because it's just him in like a, a bowl cut from like the early nineties. <laughs> and it's just him with his mouth open, like, ah, screaming. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. So yeah. And this one, uh, Elijah Wood's character sees his father brutally murdered by a mysterious, a yellow raincoat wearing and hook wielding assailant. So, uh, you know, I know what you did last summer type of killer. Um, so that's that's fun but yeah just just the packaging on that like no it's amazing yeah you're just yeah. out of that and arrow have... and vinegar are the are the best yeah that's the good yeah. stuff so yeah that's vinegar syndrome um oh, yeah so back, back to back to that yeah that packaging so so amazing um and yeah the fact that you can just own something that's very out of left field on uh, 4k uh, for somebody who's that's really big fan and they're doing a lot of argento stuff like uh they did deep red not too long ago and some and then you got something like this which is the sergio martino, martino collection, collection which again if you didn't know anything about it you look at that art and then you're like if yes you're please or anything that's uh somebody who likes very obscure stuff like that that'll pull you right in and then you get into like some of the individual cover art uh and the music listen to the music um uh what was that guy's name bruno something uh bruno nicoli not bruno san martino for you wrestling fans no 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 so a lot a lot of things to pull you pull you in there and uh just see your money evaporate very fast you it's it's very dangerous territory it's a money pit uh so it, it started uh godspeed because yes uh, Get get started on it. It's a good collection to have, and, and physical media is always the best. Um, a little bit about records, a little record section, little music section. Uh, record Store Day Part 2, 
2001 or 2021 uh, was the other day. And I picked up this really great uh, horror soundtrack called Dead by Daylight. There's a video game called Dead by Daylight. And it is super creepy and super scary where it's kind of, uh, you know, it's it's a multiplayer game. There's not really a storyline campaign to it. But, you know, you and a friends can uh, pick characters. And so one person is designated as a monster you get to choose with different abilities. And the others are human survivors trying to light generators in different uh, maps, such as like a, a farm field or somewhere else. And you have to light these generators to escape uh, out of this little place before the monster gets you. And it is so scary and so creepy and just horrifying and it's so good. And the music to the game is even better. And so they released that uh, on vinyl and I think only 1,000 or 1,500 uh, copies were made available across the globe. I got one of them and very excited about it. But yes, look for Dead by Daylight online if you can, it's great. Sweet. What about you? Any any records? No, nothing. Part of I, I thought about going by the record store, but I I just didn't because like I privately texted you. I already spent my money on uh, buying a Daisy Confused soundtrack that they finally are putting back out again after I guess Record Store Day back in like 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, so I managed because I've had the second one for there's two soundtracks to Disconfuse and I've got the the pink uh, alternate track uh, alternate track oh, nice um, for for some time and so I've been wanting to get the main one um, yeah the main one's good I have the camo green uh, wax version of that I would say mine's purple yeah, I think mine's camo green it's good it's great stuff I love that soundtrack yeah, um, and I got sob rock. The sob rock. And I want to mention that there was a record I really wanted that I just completely forgot about. And then it became sold out within like in the first few minutes of record store day happening. But um, it's the DGs, uh, not to be confused with the BGs, but it's the DGs. And that yeah, DG cool. means Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters doing a cover album of the Bee Gees music. And I mentioned that because the title of the album is called Hail Satan. <laughs> and it's amazing. Um, so look that up online and download it. Or if you can find the record, please do it. Uh, I'm waiting a little bit for prices to go down because that record was probably probably 30 bucks on record store day. But now it's like selling for like 250 bucks. I'm going to wait for it to go down in price and get a copy. Um, I've been dying for one. So uh, who doesn't want to hear Dave Grohl in the... Foo Fighters do covers of the Bee Gees. That's amazing. And to an album called Hail Satan. Fantastic. So let's move on to our bloody question. Uh, Preston, you came up with it today. Let's get into that. Yeah, so we're doing House of Wax today. So I wanted to do something uh, within the spirit of that film. So just imagine, if you will, in that, in that film, as we'll discuss more thoroughly when we get to the plot of it in our own review, uh, you get to your own, you, you stumble across a town, a very small town that just looks abandoned, but yet they have little things here and there that make it seem like it's up and going, such as a church that seems like it's crowded with people or uh, a business that has uh, puppies uh, that you can look at through the window and various other things. But at, at the center is a 
place called House of Wax. And when you get in there, there's all these kinds of things made out of wax. So uh, that they used that as a way to uh, lure in uh, victims, the town. So if you had your own town and you had your own house of whatever, what would it be and why? Oh my God. Do I need to say to lure victims into a house, a uh, house of strippers, yo? Uh, I mean, strip house of wax. Are you kidding me? Yeah, Dudes. like the one from Beetlejuice, though. <laughs> yes, like the one from Beetlejuice, Bibs. Uh, no, it's amazing. Like I'm thinking, like you know, for for dudes and chicks, you know, like you're like, oh my god, this little town, you know, it's like abandoned, but like there's this cool, like nightclub lounge. It looks amazing. It looks bumping. You go in strippers, and then you get in there, and it looks amazing. But then it's not what it seems, and everybody, you know, gets either like, you know, had sex to death or something like that. You know, that's where I'm going with this. <laughs> right on. So into sex workers everywhere and to dancers, you're doing a good job. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Cool. Um, what about you, Preston? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't know what to do with Brian sometimes. He just goes off on tangents and <laughs> talking about strippers and congratulating people. I don't know. I'm like, uh, you. I mean, you dig your own grave, buddy. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I'm serious. I think this, the sex workers and dancers in general are doing a good job. It, it all needs to be regulated. They all need their their unions and stuff to make livings and be safe. But... Yes, Stripper House of Wax. Uh, I think that could actually be an amazing movie. <laughs> and I'm surprised it hasn't been done yet. Press and let's write it. But yes, what is your what is your answer to this amazing question? Uh, mine would be an all Tom Cruise memorabilia store. <laughs> and then everybody just is constantly running. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um so I don't know. I kind of got the idea from that uh, Jerry Maguire VHS store that popped up in like Los Angeles or wherever it was. <laughs> um, and just something like that where you're just like, that is just so eccentric, but fascinating at the same time. So just the idea of stumbling into a town and then you're like, did Tom Cruise grow up here? What? what? It's just, yeah. I mean, that would be really creepy. Like they so might. This is the villain. He's the ones pulling Ooh, all the strings. Strings, yes. It's it's his uh, retirement plan after he, you know he's he really can't do his own stunts. Oh my goodness, I like this idea. Tom Cruise playing a version of himself like Neil Patrick Harris did in Harold and Kumar. <laughs> yeah, it's it's his, uh, it's his Scientology program. That's that's, that's the. That's an amazing the answer. That's an amazing answer. Uh, shall we go to Reddit and read the re read the responses? Yes, please. Okay, if you if you had your own spooky small town to yourself, a la House of Wax, what would your house be filled with to reel in your victims? Um, Teddy Bagwell said, "House of Weed. They would be cremated, rolled in paper, and smoked." <laughs> and you know, I'm sure that movie would star Method Man and Red Man naturally naturally for sure um 
Just Joe, a.k.a. Beans, said barbecue smoker out front filled with smoking goodness. When they come when they come in to munch, they are mine. <laughs> so a little little uh, little Texas Chainsaw Massacre there. Uh, Wham My Pan said I would have the latest Instagram figures and some of their personal possessions with selfies signed by them everywhere and then i just wait to boil the skin off of their fans and make lifelike wax figures of fans alongside the insta victims i have vincent price would be proud which is kind of dark and twisted right there yeah wham my pan does not like instagram influencers uh the dead sea said incorrect statements people will go to any length to tell you you are wrong <laughs> which i also love um also i got a couple responses on instagram which i will read um eric bram said carrie mulligan my victims would be only date rapists and the, the movie would be called house of promising young wax women <laughs> i like that eric i like it anson Schweitzer said tacos <laughs> which I which I like a lot. And also from our friends over in Fantastic Fest, uh, they said, um, hold on one second, let me get to it. They said, um, Alex, Alex said, small town full of Pokemon ghost ops and gyms, people just wandering around looking at their phones, trying to get the Pokemon digitally. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Adrian said uh, he would do a Breaking Bad uh, house, a replica of Jesse and Walt White's house, which would draw a lot of attention. And the basement would be perfect for the dungeon. And then uh, our friend Gray Witten said he would make a replica of the Android's dungeon, the comic book guy store in The Simpsons to lure in all of his victims, which I love that answer. <laughs> Uh, because I would go into Android's dungeon. Yeah. Wouldn't nobody you? said nobody said father, like Casa de Mi Padre. No, nobody said that, which is so weird, right? Yeah. Uh that is uh that is the good stuff. Casa de Mi Padre. <laughs> it's just Will Farrell all the time. Yeah. So uh that's our bloody question. Thank you, Preston, for coming up with that. Uh yes, we're gonna go visit this uh stripping house of wax and this Tom Cruise house of wax where Tom Cruise is apparently going to murder us. So very exciting. Nice. And as we move on to our bloody tune, where we pick a song talk about it a little bit that reminds us of our main feature presentation the 2005 version of house of wax preston what's your tune uh mine is in honor of paris hilton because one of the marketing <laughs> pieces of I, I i'm not picking a paris hilton song although that would be great um it's uh what was the marketing campaign for this they said watch paris die they used that to uh sell the movie back in the day in 2005 when this came out um so and since they marketed that she dies in the movie i'm going to take it a step further and give her the song head like a hole from <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing that's good wow all right i like where you went did you listen to it today oh i listen to nine channels all the time 
but I, I guess I was thinking of it because the the soundtrack for this is very I mean like all the Dark Castle new new age Dark Castle movies or even like two, two mid 2000s films I mean we talked about 13 Ghosts like they all have like that soundtrack that sounds like it plays on 97 one the Eagle back in the 2000s um so something along those lines uh so yeah i was listening to a little bit of that kind of music good deal good deal um i thought of one i thought of one which was the easy way out and i'll mention that but it's not my real pick uh which would be uh weezer from 1994 the song called surf wax america <laughs> just because you know it's on the nose weezer is amazing surf wax america is amazing from 1994 but that's not the one i went for the one i went for is um the cow sills the song called hair from the play hair but the cow sills version of it and just because it's kind of a creepy song and it's you know it has lyrics like you know give me that beautiful hair, that long stringy hair shining. You know, it's just like, it's a creepy song. It's a creepy video. Give me a head with hair, long, beautiful. So when I think of that song, when I was watching this movie, uh, because like these people, these crazy people wanted uh, these people's skin, these people's bodies to make wax sculptures out of them and to kill them in gruesome ways. And uh, that song just like, you know, give me that head with hair. And I was like, ooh, okay. So cow sills the hair, fun as hell, but creepy song. I still love it to this day. And the, the music video is amazing. So yeah, that's what I went with. Never Good. heard of it. Never heard of it. Well, you'll I'll send you a link. <laughs> um, on to bloody recommendations. I'll go first. Um, this time we recommend a movie. It doesn't have to necessarily be attached to our main event, House of Wax, but I'm going to do that. Uh, a good double feature with House of Wax, I think. Both these movies came out at the same time for the most part, but I'm going to recommend Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses because it's very similar you know, crazy family taking people and making like weird sculptures or weird things out of them, having them in little glass tubes, having them on display for people, uh, torture scenes, you know, kind of like very similar soundtrack, similar edits and cuts, a yeah. lot of fun. Both have, you know, a group of, you know, young adults traveling uh, and getting into it and then people attack them. There are even like very similar scenes uh, in it. But yes, uh, House of a Thousand Corpses and House of Wax. Uh, House of a Thousand Corpses I love just because it brought the world. Cats and Spaulding, one of the finest characters in cinema. <laughs> um, so that is my suggestion. I love House of a Thousand Corpses. Uh, if you want a double feature, do those two. I think you'll enjoy. Preston. Hey man, it's still Shark Fest, so I'm still going with some shark picks. But I every, every five minutes with sharks with this guy. Oh my god, <laughs> dude! Just yesterday, I I I support this one company that sells products that uh, help benefit the ocean in some capacity, removes plastics and all that. And so I got this really awesome uh, bracelet that has a a whale tail on it, not a thong. 
but a whale tail. Are you gonna? Are you going to wear it tonight? Uh, it's not in yet, but oh, I, okay. I do. I I have my shirt that I talked about previously with uh, there's no uh, planet B with a space dude on a whale. Uh, I could wear that for you, or I may wear my A24 gear because I have a lot of A24 gear. Okay. Um, just so people, listeners know, we're talking about uh, Green Knight. Uh, we're going to watch that tonight, so we're excited together in person. Together in person, yes, on the hand base. in hand. Yes. Um, so I'm, uh, again, recommending another shark documentary, but I think this is the, the one that I recommended last week is probably the best one geared towards horror, horror fans, um, just because of Eli Roth's involvement and how, the, how brutal it is and brutal of an exploration it is. Cause there's no positivity in that film until the very last 10 minutes. Um, when you're talking about Finn, right? That, that's Finn, yes. Yes. Um, this one is called uh, Playing with Sharks, and it's about a uh, shark advocate advocate and uh, like a shark research pioneer. Uh, she's like, eight, she's 85 years old. She's from Australia. She's still alive and kicking, doing really, doing well. She has like shoulder pain and things like that, but she's still diving. Um, but like in the late 50s, early 60s, she was a uh, hunter and there's a part in the movie where one of the interviewees says, you know, the best con- uh, conversation, not, con- not conversationalists, but conservationists uh, come from hunting because it just comes from experience. I mean, you, I could be telling you about like not hunting uh, sharks and whales all day long, but sometimes uh, it comes from just witnessing it yourself. Um, which is the case for her. She's only killed one shark in her life, but killed quite a bit of fish as a, she was spearfishing. Um, so it's interesting because you're seeing a young woman uh, show up in a, a field that is largely, uh, pr- predominantly men, um, who's doing everything that she can to rise to the, to the top and uh, not be seen as a uh, somebody who's lesser um so that's all really fascinating um but from there like she met her husband ron taylor and then who also was like uh, somebody who became a shark advocate as well um they both came from hunting they they got married and then as they progressed in their career uh they went on a fishing trip uh her husband went on a fishing trip excuse me and all these sharks were slaughtered. I believe five of them were, were slaughtered. And then from that moment on, uh, they just changed uh, how they, their mindset when it came to sea life. Because at the time, the mentality was that, uh, oh, there's so many fish, there's so many sharks, there's so many whales in the sea, and we're only helping uh, contain the population. But uh, as science and uh, time has taught us, that is not the case. As so many sharks are killed every year, a hundred million of them. And, um, and uh, we're, we're, I think like 70% of the population of sharks has just been wiped out. Um, so as excessively preachy as something like this may sound, it's not like that at all. Um, it does have its very horrific moments throughout, uh, not quite in the same vein as uh, Finn, which is like just nonstop. You're just getting hit over the head with brutality, uh, moment of brutality after moment of brutality. And then in here, you get 
you know, it's, it's like TV 14 or something like that. And uh, Eli Ross Finn was very much rated R because um, he's cussing in it and it shows like blood, so much blood. Um, but here you're getting to see more of the positive aspects of it. Um, so you're witnessing like really great moments such as uh, the family um, freeing a great white that was stuck in a net and things like that. And you can just see the, the relationship between sharks and humans in such a way that has never been seen before. And all of it's uh, shown, most of it's shown through this incredibly restored uh, archival footage. So you see stuff from, like I said, like the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and then to today. Um, so you just get to see this like 60 year journey of a woman um, just doing incredible work and doing everything that she can to uh, create awareness and uh, turn, turn people's perspectives around when it comes to sea life and uh, I'm sure there's going to be quite a bit of things that I'm not mentioning here, like Jaws, dude, her involvement with Jaws. So she was like, she, her and her husband shot all the underwater footage for oh. Jaws. So uh, all the moments with uh, all the underwater sequences where there's like an actual shark in there, they shot that. And what's cool about that is they do a big moment with it where they show you behind the scenes footage of them shooting on top of the boat while they're filming underwater. Um, so there's a sequence where they're getting this great footage of great whites and then the great white gets stuck on top of the cage. Yeah. And they work that into the movie. They change the script around. So that was the way that Richard Dreyfuss's character is getting attacked on the cage because they got that moment. Oh, um, that's cool. So it was really awesome that they showed this. And so following that, when you get to get all these like moments of victory for them, like you're just like so impressed that they were able to get this uh, because they understand sharks and how they behave and how to treat them, that they're able to get these kind of moments. Um, following that, the movie does really well. Obviously, Jaws, most successful, one of the most successful blockbusters ever made. Um, but the like everybody who saw Jaws, including myself, who has said that it's the greatest horror movie that uh, ever. <laughs> um, uh, it kind of gets me rethinking about it just a little bit. And the movie did so well that everybody was scared of sharks. And then from that, the death toll rise, uh, rose quite a bit. Um, so people were, you know, killing them because it became like a, a, a trophy thing for uh, people to pull out the teeth, to keep the jaws and everything like that. So it just created all this fear. And so people, you know, when they don't know something or they're scared of something, they kill it. They kill it. So uh, that's what happened. And so after following that film, they had a lot of regret for doing it. Even uh, uh, Peter uh, Blanchard that you were talking about uh, being the author of Jaws has even stated after doing writing the book and or uh, following what happened with the film and the dialogue that came after it uh he wouldn't have wrote the book that's what he said so uh i don't know it just gets you thinking about things a little bit differently um it makes you it galvanizes you to want to you know into doing something like you really want to do something about it um which and it got you to do something yeah, I mean, yeah, hey, I'm I'm thinking about the products that I'm buying. Um, I'm I'm trying to uh, reach out to uh, product uh, companies that sell products to see that they put labels on 
on their products that say it's shark free. Um, and then you got to reach out to your government to see if they can make a, a bigger, you know, make bigger waves uh, in trying to do something. Um, because it's not quite happening at the time, uh, at this moment. Um, so I, I really think it's a really powerful movie. So um, I think you should check it out. It's going to be on Disney Plus uh, as of this weekend. So you can watch it on there right amid uh, Shark Fest, which is going on for the next couple of weeks. I think it's like a six week, like six week long thing. Um, so they take uh, Shark Week to a new level. Um, so that's, that's all I do uh, right now. So he takes a bite out of shark week yes yes so i i next week i i will do my best to try not to recommend shark shark material i mean fuck challenge man 52 weeks of shark movies let's do it yeah <laughs> uh that's amazing good bloody suggestions bloody recommendations we are getting to the main event of episode 97 of my bloody podcast which is the 2005 version of house of wax this movie came out was released in the united states may 6 2005 so right at the beginning of summer it was directed by one uh jamie colette sarah who did um who did a Gabriel Iglesias music video and then got this movie to direct House of Wax remake. He went on to make the the horror movie Orphan and then a bunch of uh, a bunch of um Liam Neeson movies. Liam Neeson movies like Unknown, Nonstop, Run All Night. He did The Shallows recently, he did The Commuter, but more importantly, he's doing he's directed uh the upcoming Disney film starring The Rock, Jungle Cruise, along with the next DC uh, superhero movie, Black Adam, also starring The Rock. So very interesting this is, as well as this movie was written by Chad and Carrie Hayes. Um, hey, rad guys. Yes. Twins from Rad. Yes, they are. Yeah, I knew Preston would love that. Uh, they, they were in... Um, lethal weapon they were they, they've done a lot and that they also have been writing horror movies for a little while uh they did the conjuring annabelle conjuring 2 uh some pretty cool stuff so they wrote this movie um and it was of course produced by some pretty big people including robert Oops. zemeckis joel silver susan levin it's pretty crazy um, and then it has an all-star cast uh, of the time, and even now, including Elisha Cuthbert, you know, from 24, and The Girl Next Door, as well as Chad Michael Murray, Brian Van Holt, Paris Hilton, Jaron Padalecki, uh, and John Abraham. Richard. Yes, Richard. R Robert Richard. Um, his movie, so... Of course, you know, it's a slasher movie. It's a remake of the 1993 film of Mystery of the Max Wax Museum, which is also went on to be a 1953 film, The House of Wax. And now it's a 2005 version, House of Wax, not to be confused with Wax Works, which is a different uh, little film franchise. But uh, yeah, this movie came out in 2005 and did, uh, I mean, it won Razzie Awards. It was nominated for Razzies. It won MTV Movie Awards for horror movies. And uh, I think this movie 
to talk about it very vaguely and what my expectations were. Cause I saw it when it came out in theaters and, you know, at first I was like, okay, there's some cool death scenes or some cool gore, but I didn't like the movie. And then I bought it when it came out on DVD. And now recently it came out on Blu-ray from Scream Factory. And man, I like this movie. It's held up. Like it, I mean, it's dumb and it's silly and ridiculous. And the dialogue is kind of stupid, but man, there's some pretty killer scenes in here and like how they go about it and how they're filming it and whatnot. It's very reminiscent uh, again of like Rob Zombie as type of movie making. Uh, there's some pretty some good brutality in it. Uh, and yeah, uh, that's my expectation going to is like, oh, I got to suffer through this again. But then I was real, I was pleasantly surprised after watching it again. Preston, were you the same way? Did you hate it at first, then love it? Or did you love it and still love it? Um, well, I was 15 when this movie came out. So I remember it, I have pretty fond memories of seeing it at the Rave Theater in Corinth, Texas. Oh my, uh, are Rave so Theater yeah. still around? Yeah, it's well, the theater's still there. It's an AMC theater now. I haven't been in there since uh, The Dark Knight Rises because I went to go see the man, this is a sidebar moment. Went to uh, see the press screening of Dark Knight Rises, and then for the midnight show, and I gathered all my friends together to go see it at the, at the rave, and their speakers were just extremely front loaded and i was the only one that was saying something about it i was like guys you got it we we got to go into a different theater but at the same at the same time it's sold out so i had nothing so i was complaining and then uh they were like well we can do nothing about it and i was like well i just will not come here so um (laughs) i haven't been to the rave since i guess that was was that 2012 um so i i don't know what kind of improvements they've made there but uh that was the the place to go um when you're in denton texas uh because we didn't quite have a movie theater they would come and go we had one around the denton mall uh, but it vanished uh, probably early 2000s. I can't remember. I remember seeing Jeepers Creepers 2 there. That was the last movie I saw at that, that theater. Um, oh, my. So so anyway, it was like the place to go to. And I, uh, me and my friends snuck into it. And we, made, we, we snuck into everything. We snuck into Resident Evil. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. All, 13 Ghosts. All those other Dark Castle movies that Rob Zemeckis made. Um so anyway, uh, at that time, dude, when you're just going places to hang out with girls, you liked every movie <laughs> you didn't, or you didn't watch it, um, if, you, if you catch what I mean. Um, no, you have to explain it to me. Uh, <laughs> Please elaborate, I Preston. Think, um, like, I don't, what was the movie that I watched uh, or didn't watch? I didn't watch The Incredibles. It took me two times to watch that movie. <laughs> because that was the movie you snuck into that's because if you're under 17 you bought a ticket for that movie and then you snuck into house of west for something like it since that was a war film anyway um yeah i I enjoyed it enough at the time um but it's kind of cool to go back to it now to see those there's the elements that are very stupid and continue like the ongoing problem with slasher films where you know characters make the most idiotic decisions and dude we can spend a whole hour talking about how fucking dumb some of these characters are and uh (laughs) inconsiderate they're so they have no respect there's even like a 
Well, that, that's the, that's that's the thing about these movies made in like the '90s and maybe 2000s, even some in the '80s. But it's like the writers created this world where every character is a shithead. Like, there's just yeah. not a redeeming quality about that. And maybe it was like with them dying. And yeah, the but like, is the good one? Yes, yes. Which is just not that fun because it, it, it's very uh, it's the sim- same thing here in uh in house of wax because even like the first after the first scene as a couple of kids and one of them even survives in the end he's like kicking a homeless guy's change around and like get a job and i'm just like what the hell that's a dick move what's going on yeah so we'll, we'll get back to that but um yeah they're 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 dumb um so anyway yeah revisiting now i'm you know, catching all these little things that we're uh, looking at it through the lens of today and just how, you know, we're coming off of watching Ted Lasso where people are just like the most kind-hearted people and wholesome people. And um, the yeah, the characters in this film are not like that. They don't, they, they a stranger will approach them and they'll throw a beer bottle at their, their headlight. Um, they they don't they have no respect for anybody in this when they go into a place that they've never been before they're kind of like uh what, what movie was that when uh uh i'm seeing the image but it's a comedy where somebody's playing pool and then somebody picks up the ball as somebody's about to shoot the eight ball in and then he drops it back on there so they screw he's, he messed <laughs> up, the game up. I, I couldn't tell you <laughs> <laughs> some listeners listen to this and like yelling it right now and i'll probably <laughs> figure it out later but anyway um they do stuff like that where they just mess with people's property and just have no respect for it whatsoever so that's uh frustrating to watch but the story behind it uh the trauma of the the, the villains so to speak um that whole storyline and creating a little bit of understanding for them, even though their uh, actions are completely malicious and gruesome. Um, and insane, but say what you will about them. They went the distance. <laughs> they, they sure did. Um, so there's, there's a bit of an emotional narrative there for the villains, which is a bit of a change of pace, I would say, for the horror genre. Uh, you don't get too many uh moments throughout throughout the horror genre where a story will just you know cause you to understand the killers a little bit more um so there's there's that it has that going for it and so maybe that's what you're supposed to be taking away from it uh because all the other main teenagers are uh shitbags as you said so uh yeah watching it today i'm a bit mixed i think there's a there's some the, the, the narrative overall, the setting and everything like that, like that holds up really well. I think Chad Michael Murray and uh, what's her name? Uh, Elijah Cuthbert. Yeah, Cuthbert. Like she's good. I mean, obviously they're, they, they paint them to be the most sympathetic characters out of all of them. When it comes to uh, uh, Jared Padalecki or Walker, Texas Ranger right now, um, he... <laughs> He is like the worst. He is the absolute worst. And uh, I got some details that I would love to talk about as we get to it. But yeah, those are my overall thoughts. I think it's a bit mixed now watching it's it. A bit mixed. I, have, I, 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 I still enjoy it. I'm glad I bought it. Okay, good. Yeah, I, I liked it more than I originally did. So I think we're on, you know, I think we still both enjoy the movie. So 
the if you don't remember what House of Wax is about, uh, the movie kind of opens up with this kind of really quick flashback scene uh, to these um, kids in this home and the mother is making like a wax face and then all of a sudden the dad comes in with this child this child who is screaming and angry places him in the high top chair and then it's like completely bolts him down duct tapes him all around and just fucking slaps him in the face and then you know immediately you cut to present day and you have this group of friends that are going on a road trip and they stumble across this town to in, like to take a shortcut to get to where they're going enter the house of wax where it's this crazy house that's literally all wax there's figures and this whole town has wax figures watching movie theaters there's a church as preston said it's just real creepy and there's a guy in town that lives there uh actually more than one uh, but this guy that seemingly okay but is killing everybody one by one and making them into their wax figures uh and as time goes on and people are killed off one by one in gruesome fashion it's revealed that these uh these people in town these two uh gentlemen in town are actually the kids from the first gentlemen Yes, these gentlemen, the, these killers, these sadistic killers, uh, are the children uh, that were abused in the first scene. So it all kind of comes full circle. So that's kind of the gist of the movie. There's really nothing, uh, not a whole lot to be said about you know the plot as as opposed to you know like any slasher movie, a group of friends. There's going to be sex. There's going to be a little bit of nudity here and there, kissing, and then people getting off in gruesome, fun ways. So I think, you know, some, so first off, we got to bring up Paris Hilton, I think, um, because this was a big thing back in 2005. Paris Hilton was, you know, very popular back then. You know, she had her sex video. A lot of people were giving her shit. Uh, and she was always in the news for not so great things. And uh, this was a movie she was in. Uh, one of her only really big feature films where she played like a character and not herself in a cameo role. And she won the Razzie Award for her, meaning she won like like the worst performance of the year for the Razzies. And I gotta say, I've seen way worse. I even think people in this movie were way worse than her in the movie. She's fine in the movie for her character. Like, yes, there is a scene where she strip dances and, you know, is about to get it on and whatnot. And, you, you know, see her strip to her little, her, her red lace, red lace undergarments but i mean that was the time but people gave her a lot of shit for her acting in this movie and it really for her character and what it is it really isn't bad would you agree with that no i'd agree with that i think they were just targeting her yeah uh, tar yeah so that's all it was I targeting was her yeah because she was arguably the biggest name in the film at the time like no jared padalecki you know supernatural wasn't the behemoth it became you know and neither was gilmore girls at the time and eliza cuthbert you know she was famous from 24 but you know i think paris hilton really ascended that uh and so i think this movie you know as far as its cast was really cool at the time but uh i think what this movie has going for it you know in this day and time is it's 
it still has some pretty great, you know, practical effects. The wax things are pretty cool and the death scenes are pretty amazing still to this day. And uh, a lot of people nowadays or filmmakers, when they try to tell a story about the villains having a origin story or why they are the way they are, they kind of almost a lot of times try to make it seem okay or, uh, have like a happy feeling at the end, but that's not this movie. Like I like that they have the origin story and I think there's an element that you want the villain. Okay. Okay. Like people are going to get through to them, but no, it's not that. I I love that. It went all the way dark with the villains. And I I really enjoyed that aspect, that element to it. Um, Did you do, did you like that element to it as well? Yeah. It's a bit like dark poetry. There's some, even when, uh, at this point, uh, can we just discuss spoilers? I feel like, like even with our plot, we, we kind of mentioned a lot of. Right, right. Yes. So I think even if you watch the trailer, you kind of know what's going to go down with this, but that, yeah, it's, it's a bit, it's, it's tragic. It's a tragic story. Like, cause it sets up in, in a way, I mean, by the way, watching this with your wife or your significant other, probably not the best idea especially if they have a weak stomach to uh or, or, or you have kids watching kids get traumatized probably not the best thing so um. <laughs> and, and, and to, to that credit yes like that first scene with the kids like it's filmed in such a way that they really don't show anything like you don't see any of the kids faces you don't see any of the parents faces the really it's the screams yeah it's the screams in the lack of showing which makes it more visceral and raw but yes you're it's not until the adults really get it that you see all the gore, but yes, it's that, that first scene, you're just like, Oh man, that kid had it rough. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So the, the uh, dark poetry, like I mentioned, I think that's like pretty uh, underappreciated with this film. I don't think it gives enough credit for how it uh, it's a bit circular with that, that, that viewpoint with like, you know, Frankenstein, you know, it has, it, you know, they set it up in such a way where, you know, it ends in a very tragic way as well. And so um, things do not go well for the villains uh, perspective, um, but you know, there still is uh, some room to, for this franchise to grow, even though it didn't. Um, but uh, like even how the, the killers go out in this, um, is very it's it's sad even though they're murdering people uh like i mentioned earlier you kind of understand them a little bit and even you just know that hey they're they're not wired right from the trauma that they face from their family and so uh you can't entirely uh blame them um but as uh messed up as it is as the actions are but um yeah, like when they when the whole house collapses at the end and they they die together uh, t- together as they were uh, when they were born because they were um, you know joined at the head and there's even a moment toward the end where as it's coming down that they create a wax sculpture of themselves when they were kids um, and then the knife that's cutting through the door as uh, one of the killers is trying to get the last remaining victim, it slices through the wax sculpture and he can't see it. Just separate it. Yeah. Separates it perfectly. So there's, there's some, 
there's some poetic touches in here yeah. that are pretty admirable. I, I give it, I give it uh, props for that. So uh, no, that was good. Um, I did. I, I found hilarious uh, the way one of the villains went out. He went out the way the brave and bold Boromir went out in the end of Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> Just a bunch of giant arrows in his body. <laughs> which made me laugh. I mean, that's not the true way he went out, but he went out that way, basically. <laughs> and I was, cause that movie, this movie came out after the first fellowship of the ring. And I just was done. Cause I forgot about that element to house of wax. I was like, Oh man, this dude <laughs> just got shot by a bunch of giant arrows, like Boromir walking around. And I was like, Oh man, what a kind of a brave way to go out. That made me laugh. Um, but again, like Preston said, he does go out in the wax stuff. Um, but that yeah. made me laugh for sure. Um, the part that made me laugh the most is all the friends giving uh, Jared Padalecki's character Wade shit for having a shitty car. And his yeah. car is not shitty. Right? His car is not shitty. And I, one could say that House of Wax was a big commercial for a Cadillac Escalade. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah i guess pretty much um <laughs> because yeah, that so, the cadillac escalate is featured all the way through the movie <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah when i was watching this with my wife we both looked at each other and i was like what's so shitty with this car and i was like that's an awesome looking car <laughs> it's electric blue <laughs> it was really funny uh no it was good and like like the gore and the practical effects there's like a pretty great scene where like a machete takes off a dude's side of his face and you see all the muscle tissue and teeth and bone. Oh yeah. That was pretty amazing. Uh, and there's lots there, like there's a, that moment in the movie theater when the killer is trying to find the final uh, girl. Elisha Cuthbert. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she, yeah, you're just going to remind me of her name. I'm going to get it. Um, she's, uh, she's hiding in the movie theater with all the other uh, dead people that are wax uh, sculptures at this point, wax figures. And there's a movie playing. What is that the old house of wax that's playing? I, I think is that is the old, like the 19, the, the 1930s version, I think. Okay. So anyway, um, there's a moment where she runs away, she gets away and then they, the killer shoots a shotgun and hits the, ticket taker i want to say and uh some he's been there for so long that like bugs and cockroaches yeah fly out <laughs> so if you watch the behind the scenes uh stuff on uh screen factories release you can see some of those moments those uh visual effects and practical effects being done and it's pretty cool they went they went they built the whole town uh, i think they took like 10 weeks or something like that i can't remember but it was it's a pretty impressive like yeah I, I wish i could go back in time and tour the place but if you watch the extras you get a pretty good view uh, of it all um because they got all the vintage uh extras on there too along uh with some uh, new interviews with paris new interview with paris hilton on there that blew my mind <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's paris hilton she is djing here and there and she's getting paid to go to whatever functioned i mean I don't think she's in any movies really. So yeah, might as well come back to like the big movie she's really remembered for. Yeah, so her footage looked the best out of everybody's too. Like the, it was so clean and pristine. They like shot it in one of her shops or something. I don't nice. know. Nice. Um, 
but then everybody else is like Zoom, um, <laughs> <laughs> except for I think, uh, Robert Richard's uh, interview was pretty clean too. Uh, anyway, um, what, what else is there to say? We talked about visual, the visuals, uh, the practical effects, the gore. The great. music, the music, the music, man. It's that it's that early 2000, like right around the same time as Freddy vs. Jason, kind of like that hardcore. I mean, there's a mix of like hip hop from like 2004 and five and hard rock from 2004 and five. And it's edited in the way of like kind of quick cuts here and there and some of the more gory or action-y scenes. But yeah, why isn't this on vinyl? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a it's a decent soundtrack, I have to say. Um, so yeah, that was good. Um, that, the, so, go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say like it's interesting because we talked about the director Jamie, and like a lot of people like this movie got critically panned, but it made a lot of money though. For I mean, it made like over seventy million dollars, which is why he. Wow. kept getting things and getting things and getting things i think and you know well, back in the early 2000s these little horror movies would do gangbusters yeah. uh so that is appreciators and, and now he's making big budget rock movies <laughs> some it, 15 years later yeah it blew, blew my mind learning that he's he directed jungle cruise which is coming out like next week and then yeah black, black adam. adam it's crazy it all from house of wax it's amazing and there's two actors from gilmore girls in here which you gotta think like either the actors were friends and they got each other on the movie or the casting director was the same or producer i don't know but it's like these people are in gilmore girls yeah put put these pretty guys in these movies like uh chad michael murray he's a good looking dude um uh yeah there's uh dude yeah there's some moments of tension so the the moments that caused my wife to walk out when watching this was uh <laughs> there's this sequence where uh elijah Cuthbert Cuthbert is uh trapped under um ground or this underground layer underneath the gas station which is where that one of the killers operates out of and uh so he's trying to keep her quiet while Chad Michael Murray is coming into town to find his sister and her boyfriend. Um, they said that they were going to be at this gas station earlier uh, until they lost contact. Uh, so we, I don't even think that we mentioned in our plot description that um, Wade and uh, which is Jared Pedalecki's character and Elijah Cuthbert's character, uh, Carly Jones, they, uh, they go out on their own following a uh, spill into the this pit of dead animal. Dead, yeah, it's gross. And, and then in comes a wh whose credit is in the movie as roadkill driver is uh, <laughs> uh, Damon uh, Harriman, uh, who is played uh, uh, Charles Manson in two different properties or two projects, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and um mine hunter that's uh, true so uh very creepy dude but um or, or like a creepy kind of character actor but i've seen him in stuff where he's great but anyway um so carly jones falls into this pit and then thinks that she sees a human hand and ends up being a like a a, a wax figure and um <clears throat> so at this point like half the crowd is trying or primarily one guy blake played by robert richard he's trying to get to a, a 
football game, this big football game. So that's what they're trying to get to. And they make this shortcut and they just made the wrong stop. Um, so half of them try to go to uh, the football game, but there's all this traffic, uh, you know. So, uh, but then Wade and Carly st uh, stand behind uh, uh, because uh, Wade's car uh, was broken, uh, is broken, and he was, his fan belt was broken. So um, they're behind, and so uh, we get to the moment with Carly Jones being underneath uh, the gas station, and she's trying to signal to her brother um, through one of the vents, pipe drains, to say that she's down there, but her mouth is uh, glued together, so she can't talk. Um, so she's sticking her fingers up through the drain and then uh, Bo, one of the killers, uh, spots this and is trying to keep her quiet, obviously. He pulls out his pliers and pretends that he's uh, tying a shoe uh, from the vantage point of Chad Michael Murray's character so she, he can't see that she's uh, trying to signal to him. Uh, she cuts off her finger, but she can't scream because her mouth's glued together. Um, so that, that was the moment. That was the moment where my wife is like, I'm out of here. Um, <laughs> Screw you guys. I'm going home. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah it, the, the brutality of this movie is uh, not, I mean, it's not for the faint of heart. Right. And, you know, going into this movie, you wouldn't think that's the case, but man, they do. They did some good stuff. Uh, yeah. And yeah, no, uh, the house of wax overall, it's a, it's a fun movie. Yes. It's dumb, but Man, it, it kind of stands the test of time in my eyes just because it was more graphic than I thought it than I originally thought it was. It had that little, you know, that little heart and soul to the villains. Uh, nothing can be said for the protagonists of the movie because they're just there to exist and be, you know, meat bags. But I think the real heart of the story is in that trauma, like Preston said, of the kids growing up and, you know, out their trauma in very vicious ways yeah. and it, it's made well uh it's a fun movie you should get it on scream factory is that your is that more or less your final thought on it yeah yeah i would say so i, I like the artwork for it um which is playing on the the duality of it i guess and the uh, the two the two brothers and then holding up a knife I think uh, I don't have it in front of me but uh, it's great artwork um, the extras are really good I mentioned some of the interviews that are on there uh, which are kind of like your basic reflective pieces but it I mean it was interesting to me to see uh, Paris Hilton comment on this because it's not like we're going to get Leo talking about Critters 3 or anything like that so it's of that magnitude I would say um and like I mentioned with some of the behind the scenes or uh, B-roll footage, they have quite a bit on here. Like there's, it's like they just picked everything that was previously released from wherever. Um, there's even like behind the scenes footage with like the cast commenting on it on a couch. However, the best extra on there is um, Joe Silva, Silver as a producer uh, he's the producer on this, as we mentioned. Uh, he's on set of Kiss Kiss Bang Bang at the time. So he's on set and they're doing like a stunt in the background. He's talking about the movie. He's like trying to promote the movie that that is releasing uh, House of Wax. And so he's talking about it. And then some, <clears throat> a car does a stunt in the background. Like does this peel out and then shoots, does a donut right behind him. And he's just like, 
Uh, he's like, this is set life guys. And then, um, uh, he says something, he talks a little bit more about the movie and making it and how great it was and how it's going to terrify you and everything. And then he ends with saying something like, uh, it's to die for, and then he gets hit by the car. And <laughs> they, they did the practical effect where it looks legit. Oh, that's um, amazing. So, so that was fantastic. So, uh, yeah, j- just buy it for some of those extras alone. Um, so you'll watch like a movie where the characters are not that great. Um, but the situations, the setting, the practical effects, uh, the, the sympathy for the devil angle is, is all, uh, rewarding. So there, and it looks good. I think it, it's a good transfer of it. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's worth checking out so you can buy it through, uh, uh, screen factory on shoutfactory.com slash, uh, shop. Yes. That's the place to buy it. Get that, get that Blu-ray with that cardboard casing. It's the good stuff. Get that slip cover. Yeah, that slip cover. Uh, yeah, that wraps up episode 97 of My Bloody Podcast. We are on Apple Music. We are on Amazon. We are on Spotify. Please like and subscribe to us. Uh, we are on Instagram and Twitter. Please look for us. Um, I'm Brian Kluger. You can find me on Boomstick Comics, on High Def Digest, Screen Rant, YouTube, Instagram. Just Google Brian Kluger and you'll find all the good stuff talking about movies and Blu-rays and 4Ks and high def equipment and all the fun videos. Preston, where can they find you in this house of wax we live in? You can find me at the Ditton Record Chronicle, DittonRC.com for all my writing. And then you can also find a lot of my pieces on freshfiction.tv where I'm the features editor. Um, but if you want to stay up to date with a lot of the stuff that I release, I'm not as active on Twitter, but I do post on there, um, is uh, Instagram at Blu ray Dad, um, where you can find a lot of my interviews and uh, physical media postings, uh, such as this. Yeah, and go check out his Ted Lasso interviews. They're pretty awesome. And see if you can catch the joke with Juno Temple. So, yes, listen to us, my bloody podcast. We love you. We'll see you for episode 98.